Hi, everybody. Welcome to my podcast, Bridging the Gap, Real Estate for Women. Doing multifamily, I think right off the bat, you just have to accept that it's a team sport. We all know that. And As a woman in real estate, I know firsthand that women are underrepresented and still tentatively venturing into real estate investing. While that is slowly changing, my goal is to propel it forward. We can do this. I am Atara Tversky, an attorney and real estate sponsor and investor from New York City. And I'm excited today to help me do that with Debbie Wilcox. She moved all the way from Hawaii to the mainland in California. She's an investor and she has a great story. So I want to just get right away started and jump in. Debbie, how are you today? I am great. Thank you. How are you? Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. So I know you have this like really great story. What, what compelled me when I heard about you and listened to you speak was really just how real you are and how forthcoming you are with like your whole journey into the world of real estate. Because I think a lot of people have this idea of like, oh, I'm going to go into real estate and it's going to be like smooth, simple sailing. I think that was true for a little bit of time in the last, you know, 10 years, a lot of bit of time. I think that's changing somewhat. And so I, I really love that you made this transition during a difficult time in the market or a not simple time. So take me back to your journey and, and how you ended up here. I'd say 30 years ago, graduating college with my husband, we both really had a passion for real estate. We read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and we just, you know, we were business majors, but we wanted to get into real estate. And being in Hawaii, we we weren't prepared for how difficult that actually was going to be for us being, you know, 20, 22 years old. And we tried to go out there and do some flips, but it was not easy. And so we decided maybe we better take another path till we figure that one out. And so we started our swimming pool business 32 years ago. And we just dove deep into that. There's a lot of pools and there was a lot of room for us to grow. And that was going really well for us. And so we only just retired from that business last year. You're an entrepreneur at heart. That's what I'm taking away from all of this is that you're not somebody who ever said, you know, I'm going to sit in an office and have a job. That doesn't sound like who you and your husband are. Um, So that's like the number one thing. So Pools was just just because you were like, oh, I'm in Hawaii and there's a lot of people with beautiful homes and beautiful pools. Like, how did that come to you? Yeah, so that there was, it was in the family business, but we were going to yeah. taper off and do our own thing. So it was familiar, but it was just something we thought that would just kind of bridge us to that real estate investing. And it didn't it didn't work out that way. But so we just like I said, so we just stayed in that business. But along through the years, we did have a couple of long term rentals like properties that we bought for ourselves and then moved on and rented them out. And then also had a couple of short-term rentals, which were much better in Hawaii for cash flow, as you can imagine, just as properties are so expensive there. Right. But uh, about 10 years ago, as successful as it was, there was just something we sit back and you, you look at your life and you think this is all great. Oh, looked great. Everything looked on the outside, but inside internally, we just weren't feeling fulfilled. And it's just hard to explain. It's just, you just feel like there's something more for us to do something more for me. There's something bigger, more that I really, something I really wanted to do, but you kind of suppress these things in life because you feel like you have to go the path that you're on, that everybody expects. And this is what, and why, why, why rock the boat, right? Why change it? It's such a risky 
thought. And so we kind of buried that about 10 years ago and just moved forward because we really didn't know how we would get out of that, get out of our business. But then three years ago, I kind of hit a wall like, okay, this it's now or never. We should really seriously sit down and think about our lives and what we really want, what it's all about. And sometimes it's just a lot for me to think about. I just thought, you know what? If we keep doing the same thing every day, mm-hmm. it's not going to be different tomorrow. So no. how, do you, how do you have a goal or a wish for that different tomorrow if you just keep doing the same thing every day? So I thought, well, we got to make a big change. So what is that? What, what does that look like? Well, three years ago, dis- discovered what a podcast was. I never listened to podcasts. And so that was so enlightening. It was like this whole new world. And I just, I felt like I went back to college, just listening to classes. It was like classes to me, hours and hours and hours every day. I mean, three to four hours every day. And one of the podcasts, you know, as many of your listeners probably have heard, was Bigger Pockets. And so at that time, wasn't really sure what part of real estate we wanted to get into. I didn't realize there were so many options, different asset classes, different types of things. So it was very enlightening, but we jumped right into multifamily. We found a, a passion and a desire to learn that that business. And so that was kind of like, okay, we're, let's do this. Let's let's think about this as a business outside of our pool business. And so we're like, let's go to conferences. Let's sign up. Let's research different educational platforms. And then three months go by and, and COVID, you know, COVID is there. And now we're like, we can't go anywhere. We can't do anything. So we really did just dive deeper into virtual learning, but decided to dip our toes in the water with some LP investments just to see the model, to get proof of concept of what health syndication works from the investor side, and also to get some of our money working. And so right. we learned a lot that way. So we got into a few LP deals at that time and just study, study, study. Fast forward, we're in like 13 syndications, over 2,400 units and two GP deals around 87 units. So this last year has been phenomenal since we were able to start an edu- you know, attending an educational group. The growth has been phenomenal. And, you know, we retired from our business, we sold our wow. home and we just went all in on this. And it was such a risky, you know, prospect at the time. And I'm just so grateful that we dove in and took a chance because now, now I truly am feeling like this is what we we're supposed to be doing. Wow. I love this story. I also love the way you keep saying we. So I'm thinking the we is your husband, right? <laughs> We've been together for, oh, I have to do some there, a long time since high school. We've done everything together. So our business. I was just going to say you were in this whole business together. So yeah. now you're in this business together. Is he all in with you in the same capacity? Are you guys going to conferences together, watching, listening to podcasts? All of that happens together. Yes, everything. We we, do, we might have our own Zoom calls when we're networking because we do a lot of that. But absolutely, we're at the conferences. But even at the conferences, we go together. But we also, you know, divide and conquer. We're, you know, I'm networking. Right. He's networking. I love reaching out to the very few other women that are out there, you know, yes. at the conferences. My first conference was so intimidating. I mean, I was so excited, but I didn't think of it as intimidating until I got there. There's like 10 women here. <laughs> There's like 200. I always say that. Yeah. You know, it's and- true. Like when you walk into these real estate conferences, it's really surprising how few women are in that room. And you do feel 
You know, like if I approach a man, like that seems so strange and weird and I don't want to do that. <laughs> right. right. Especially the, in the beginning when you feel already like right. you know, a little bit of an inferior position, not having any knowledge quite yet and, and, and no network. Sometimes you walk into these conferences and you can tell there's these established groups. Yes. Of and if it's, you know, you're on your own as a woman and there's like, you know, 10 guys in a huddle talking shop, it's really hard to right. insert yourself, right? Initially. So right. what do you do? You go and find those women and right. <laughs> hi, my name is, and it's almost like our connection is a little stronger because we know that we're like this few and this yes. large mass group and we've built great relationships, you know, with some of these women I, I right. definitely have until this day. So that's great. And, you know, as an entrepreneurial woman, I'm, there's a difference between a professional woman and a woman with the mindset of an entrepreneur. And I think it's nice to be at a conference with like-minded women who are working toward the same thing that you're working toward because you don't always meet them, you know, at school pickup, you know, they're yeah. just, you know, I live in New York city and there, there aren't that many women yeah. that I meet at the playground or in school or anything who are doing, you know, what I'm doing. And so that can be, that can be isolating at times. Yeah, it is. That's why I find it refreshing to go to them because you can now communicate in a way that they get you, they understand you, they understand your lingo. and what, So it, it's exciting for me. I do enjoy that. I learned so much from them too, right? Just being able to communicate with another woman in the, in the industry, whether they're just getting in or they're a few steps ahead of you, there's just always right. something to learn. And I find it incredibly inspiring to be around. Yeah. Yes. So you had never been an LP, a limited passive investor before, right? In deals, right? You built that brand new. Wow. Yeah. It was, wow. that was scary too, just wire off your money to a supposed stranger, but obviously you do your betting of an operator but prior still, to doing that, But someone so, that you hadn't previously known. Yes, so, exactly. Exactly. Right. And how are those deals going? Those are great. So, well, we were now in, like I said, about a dozen of them, but I would say the, we thought, you know, at the time in 2019, there's always the performer that refi in maybe three years. Well, here we are three years later and the market right. has made an adjustment as, you know, interest rates. And so some of our operators who have the option to are just going to sit right and hang on and maybe refi a year or two down the road when hopefully rates come down. But right. uh, of course, my concern is, and looking back at some of those deals we went in a few years ago is, are there any, are, were there any deals that they have to come out right now? You know, I'm not really, I kept, I'd have to look back and look at the lending terms. You don't think about that at the time, yes. how that might affect you later. Like, are we going to be in a position for us to sell? So with that in mind and the deals that we're getting in now, certainly lining up debt that gives us that room, you know, three to five years out, to not have to refi until then. And hopefully rates will come down. Right, right. So, so, okay. So then you're invested in some deals as a, as a limited partner, but you also said you started to become a GP in deals. Yes, so yes. Only, like how did, what was the first one and how did that transpire? That, that was exciting. So it was only after joining our educational group that we decided to go with that. We started attending a lot of conferences and it was at one of these conferences that they hosted that we met our partners, but it wasn't from that, just that first deal, right? You make the connection. You stay right. in touch and you continue networking with them via Zoom because you, you know, you just meet them once in person. But then right. there's that next meeting and that next meetup. And so we all just, I mean, we like I said, we we gave ourselves one year. So we wanted to go to every conference we could possible. And so we just started seeing the same people. And now those connections are becoming stronger. 
And so it came up with some people that we'd met and they were boots on the ground in, in Idaho. And so we found ourselves in a situation where we could come in and KP on a deal and at the same time, be able to help to learn all the other aspects of that. Because at that time we were still getting educated, but we were able to come up with some capital and 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 help out that way. And so we're learning a lot of- Is that what you had to offer? Like, because presumably at the point, right? You didn't have that much experience. You're right. just a limited partner. Right. So they, they came to you because they wanted you to have capital in the deal. Yeah, we were, yeah the, in the, and the groundwork was laid for us. Because in the beginning, we didn't really know how, how, what value am I going to bring, right? That's what you always right. ask yourself. And especially in the beginning, you don't know what what can I contribute to this team. But reality was we had sold our home and our business. And so we were in a situation now where we had capital we wanted and needed okay. to employ. So that was advantageous for us initially. But, you know, you can only ride that so long when your capital runs out. And so you got to, right. in the meantime, we're wanting to learn every aspect of the business. And so part of, you know, joining that group was to get the education so we can help along the way. But then we also, a few months ago, joined a mastermind, which is kind of catapulting us to a whole nother level That's of education, great. quality networking. And so since then, just in a couple months, we've already JV'd on a 54 unit in Kansas City. We just closed last month, yeah. five of us. And so it's like the the learning has just been exponential in the last- That's amazing. Years. Yes. So which mastermind was it that you joined in order uh, to- This is MI8 mastermind. And so we were with Jake and Gino, which right. is a vast network of, of, of people to, to learn and grow from. The coaches are wonderful. And it's such a great family culture there, which which is why we joined it. And then a lot of the students there look into going into the MIH mastermind because they're related. So, yeah, no, I mean, it's hard also, I think, for people starting out to really understand like where their place is, right? Do they want to be LPs because they want to keep their day job? Like you seem to have this yearning to do something else. I don't think that's true of everyone, right? It's also a stage in life, right? Depending on where you are. Do you have small children? Like maybe you're happy with the status quo, but you just want to have your money earn more money in different ways, right? So I think it's hard for for women and, and to really unpack like where do they fit in and where do their real estate goals, like they understand they want to be in real estate, but where do those goals really make most sense? How to achieve them in this in the way that makes the most sense for them where they are in the, the, whatever stage of life they're in. Yeah, and it it it's so true. And I think it just comes down to having it. The limiting beliefs are all, are going to be there, and especially what like you said, you know, what stage of your life? You know, I'm a you know I already have a 22 year old son. You know, he's out of the house, so I kind of feel Maybe. like I have this mind space freedom. I can I don't have to worry. He's going to be yes. gone. I can now maybe take an adventure and try something different. But really what it comes down to is just biting the bullet and having the courage to do it because it's so easy to just stay in your comfort zone. Yes. You just do what you're doing because you, you're afraid of failure or you're afraid of what people will will think, you know? And so you feel like your your life is in this glass bubble, like what we did, you know, everyone's like, what are they doing? Um, but mm-hmm. honestly, after a year, I have no regrets. I Anything mm-hmm. that scares me, I, I you know, that I know in my mind is the right thing. I will just push forward with that and just trust the process, you know, whether it's jumping into a new space or meeting a new group of people coming on a podcast. I mean, all of it feels scary the first time and you just, yes, but then you do it. And it, and I keep hoping that every time you do it, it becomes less scary, right? That's the idea. 
I think, but I think that's true. I think it's like, it almost becomes habit forming. Like, okay, I could speak on a podcast, right? Or I can host a podcast. And that becomes just one more thing in my repertoire of things that I do. And it becomes like a habit almost. Right. So just have to keep doing it. Good habits and bad habits. They die hard. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah. I just finished reading Atomic Habits by James Clear. Oh, and, that's so funny. Uh, I'm in bell of that. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's a great book, especially if you're not good with <laughs> daily habits. So I found that very helpful. So I try to keep that in mind every day to just make sure I time manage with purpose, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's well said. Time managed with purpose. I like that. <laughs> do you have a routine? Like, because you're working by yourself at home, do you have a way to organize yourself? I just do my time blocking on a Google calendar. So huh. I try to do it the day before. I have a week's view, but the day before I really try to fine tune, you know, maybe maybe my mornings might look the same generally across the whole week though, right? Like you get up and you, I do my whatever, my reading, my, my connection calls. Uh, that's kind of the morning. And then I do, I still continue every day to work on the educational aspect of oh, the, the business. There's just so much to learn. Right. So, right. yes, yes. So now are you sourcing properties as well yourself or how is that happening? Yeah, that's, that is not, that was definitely something we quickly figured out was not the value add we were going to bring. Uh, okay. Right. We're, well, we're in Hawaii. We're from Hawaii. Right. We, right now living in California. So we cannot, it's just difficult and I know it can be done, but what I, we're focusing on is just being business owners. We uh. enjoy the asset management side of it now. And we're trying to learn that in depth. Sourcing deals, maybe down the road as we get more experience and figure out how to make those connections from far away. But it's like one step at a time. Like there's just so many, you can come in this business and go, I want a capital raise. I want to be an asset manager. I want to, you know, right. go talk to brokers. But the way I see it is like, we're just going to dabble in a little bit of everything, but then try to get good at something before we try to, you know, it's hard to master everything. So Absolutely true. You don't want to be a jack of all and underwriting would be another area. I would say that like everybody has to understand it. Do you have to be the expert? No, but you should understand no. and be able to look at it and analyze a deal. Absolutely. So now, do you have a team that you've already put in place? It sounds like you have some partners. Are those partners for every deal that you're in or just for particular deals? How are you working that? Particular deals. So the deal that we are, the first deal that we syndicated uh, was a, with a group of people we met through our original Jake and Gino community. And so we're, and we're still working with them and we will still continue looking for deals with them. But then we also met a, another group in our mastermind and half of our team actually there is from Jake and Gino. We all went together and then we yeah. met, them, you know, collaborated with other members in the mastermind and we combined to create this team. One, we love the market and, but mostly you have to know that you can work with this team, right? In the next three right. years, it's not just today. Right. So right. A lot of, you know, just as much as an LP will, will vet their operators as a, as a GP member, you also want to vet and make sure that you have alignment with the other operators that you'll be so working true. with. Yeah. I wonder if there's something scary, like about bringing new people into the group that you have with you and your husband, right? I work with my husband as well, both as a lawyer and in real estate. So that's why I ask, right? Because you know how you work with one another. And I imagine there's a great yin and yang between you. So is there something difficult about relinquishing the additional control and bringing new people? No, actually, where it comes in is just between the two of us, right? Figuring out <laughs> our yin and yang. But, and also, 
respect the fact that that's a good thing. Right. You you don't you want to be complimentary, help each other, and fill in each other's weaknesses, and you know. So that's mm -hmm. fine. But when you but doing multifamily, I think right off the bat, you just have to accept that it's a team sport. We all know that, and so relinquishing control or decision making, if you're if you're joining with people who truly are, truly do possess the strengths that you don't, you you you, you appreciate that, you know, and that. So it's okay that so you can make those decisions on that. I trust you to do that. Right. If you want our input and advice, we all participate that way. You know, what right. we think is a bigger goal or the, the business plan, we, we all do contribute our ideas. But ultimately, you can't have everybody having the final say in every aspect of it. It's just, it will get no. complicated. And, and there are issues like that, right? In teams sometimes, in partnerships. Yes, of course, of course. So did you syndicate when, when you went to syndicate? Is it both your deals that are syndicated or is it just the, the first one? Just the first one. So the first one we syndicated. So that was a learning experience because uh, it wasn't initially the plan. And so we had to last minute, you know, figure out, you know, the syndication attorneys and, you know, right. raising the, the pitch deck to put together. All these things had to come together to get that to close. And we, when we did do that, and so now I handle some of the investor relations for the team in that part, which, which is another thing I wasn't expecting I would do, but being in so many deals as a passive, I'm familiar with, you know, the, the communication and the type of information mm -hmm. and that the investors want to hear from, you know, hear about. So I do that. And, but then this last deal we just closed last month was a, was a joint venture. And so it's, a lot more, but also a lot less. There's, there's not that pressure, you know, with the investors right. to, to hit certain metrics regularly that you have to report to because there, there's a lot of responsibility, you know, having investors. Yes, absolutely. It's horrible to lose your own money, but you certainly don't want to be losing anybody else's, right? No, exactly. That, that is one thing I think operators should always have that fear, right? Just yes. not forgetting the value of your investor's dollar. So Absolutely. That's so true. So how, how are you feeling about the market as, as interest rates climb and things change? How is your investing plan changing if it is? I would have to say it's definitely, I don't want to say it's on pause, but it's definitely slowing down. Not as aggressive right now. There's still this bit of unknown, right? But I think we can project that the interest rates are probably going to go up through next year. How much? Yeah. Who knows? But um, there's a lot of change in the market right now. If you talk to other operators out there, there's a lot of either retrading or people backing out of deals or not able to raise the funds to close deals. Yeah. It's just because not only is it hard for the operators and sellers, but it's hard for passives to get their mind around what's going on. And maybe they yes. don't understand either. And so they're just hanging on to their money a little longer. Right. And they're finding, hey, maybe it's just a little bit less risk for me to just park it in a CD at 4% rather right. than... I mean, now, I mean, you couldn't do that three months ago. So, right. and that's understandable. You know, we, we get that too. But at the end of the day, though, if, the, if it's still a good deal and the numbers work, then you can right. make it work at a 7% and then know that, you know, maybe three years down the road, four years, you can refi out at a lower rate, then it's more power to you. Right. It's hard to find those deals now. It's hard but to find I, deals, yep. But they are out there. And I think persistence pays. I think that's true of everything in life. Yes, exactly. Oh, exactly. So I, yeah, I, you know, I, I love to speak to women like you and I, I love to hear stories. I think everybody has such a great story for me. I, I just want to touch on something you said earlier when we, in the show, you said you just like felt like a hole, like something wasn't filled. 
And I, I, I'm hearing and I'm looking at you and I'm seeing like this whole happy, <laughs> smiley woman. <laughs> and, and I think that that is the most powerful thing because, you know, I'm a lawyer. It's a, it's a group of very dissatisfied professionals, you know, lawyers, they, they, there's just, they go into it with one idea, they come out feeling like so many things that, that really are not great all the time. So I can really fully relate to this, but a lot of times when you speak to people and you say real estate, they're like, well, what's meaningful about real estate? And I, I can answer that in like 10 paragraphs. There's so many things about yeah, it. Where do you begin? <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm hearing from you that it's been fulfilling and meaningful on, on so many different levels. If you could just give me like one that is like your overarching feeling that's making real estate fulfilling for you. I'd, I'd love to share that. Oh gosh, that's a hard one. I don't mean to put you on the spot. So like it could be three <laughs> and not one, or it could just be yeah. something that you're saying like, this is why I'm feeling so good about what I'm doing. Why I feel so good. And then, you know, it's funny you say that because I tell my husband some days I just wake up and I just say, I'm so happy. Wow. I am that's amazing happy before but there's a different level right like just wow really proud of myself like wow for doing this and for taking a chance and it's why am I so happy too I've been thinking we've been thinking about this for 30 years and wow not letting it not letting I'm too old or it's too late right us and there's a great quote by Tony Robbins it's like oh he says in the moment of de decision, your destiny is shaped. And I told my husband, we well, just have to make that decision. One decision. We all can choose what we want. You know, happiness is a right. choice. And right. I'm not answering your question. I know. What is it about real estate? It's such a bigger thing than just real estate. It's just this one passion you have. And you didn't, I didn't, you know, we didn't give up on it. And just continuing to pursue and just being here where we are. Now we have the, you know, time freedom and some financial freedom yeah. to just do this wherever we want, you know, with a laptop. It's just a, an amazing thing. And so I just love that freedom to be able to do that and have that with my family. Well, that's, that's the, that's an answer, right? Like my whole motto is like the power of time, real yes. estate gives you back the power of time. Yes. And I think for anybody who is in the workforce, that is invaluable. So so that's something. And, and it's just, it's so lovely to meet you and connect with you because your authenticity and your love for what you're doing and your, your real happiness and your inner self is coming through. And I think that's really, really lovely to see. And I'm always so happy to connect with women like you. So thanks for coming on. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And you're an inspiration as well. So happy, happy to be here. Yeah. I wish you like the best of luck. So let's continue to be in touch. Please tell my listeners, how can they get in touch with you if they would like to? Probably the best place is LinkedIn, Debbie Wilcox, also on Facebook, uh, same name, Debbie Wilcox, or email debbiewilcox111 at gmail.com. Amazing. Thank you so much, Debbie. It was great having you on. I look forward to catching up with you and finding out your next steps. Thank you.